Thanks, uh, Fiona. And um, maybe I should just stop because the opposition have already conceded that we were right. So I'm not going to try and dig a hole for ourselves. Um, I've got a very uh, simple uh, argument for you uh, with three parts to it. The health service costs too much and is delivering too little. We'll talk a little bit more about the variation data and the harm data that we've alluded to already. Clinicians need to lead us to a better place. We can look at any other industry, particularly the more technical ones, where we find that healthcare is a unique outlier in this respect. And then finally, great things happen when clinicians lead. We see it all over the place. We see it happening uh, for clinicians' careers. We see it happening for organizations. But most importantly, we see uh, the benefit of clinical leadership for patients and for populations. And I don't want to get uh, hung up in an argument about semantics uh, with, with James about leadership versus management. There have been books written about that. I'm not sure it's a helpful place to go. I think rather let's see how much better the health service could be and think about the role that doctors specifically can, uh, can play in getting us there. So firstly, costs too much and delivers too little. Well, let's start with harm. Um, we, uh, as best estimates, the uh, risk of being harmed if you go into an NHS hospital as an inpatient is about 10%. Um, we don't know what the risk of being harmed uh, in community care is because there isn't really any data. Um, so 10% uh, seems quite high to me. Uh, my friends in industry sort of fall off their chair when they're talking about defect rates in parts per million and obsessing about, uh, you know, six to seven sigma. But anyway, 10%. We reckon that about a third of that is actually pretty serious harm. I mean, it could be death, it could be ongoing disability. Um, and at least half of it is pre preventable. And who holds the key to that prevention? Well, it has to be the experts, the clinicians, uh, who hold the key to the solutions. Um, look at uh, clinical variation. We've heard a little bit about Wenberg and the Dartmouth Atlas uh, from, uh, from Alan and, and from James. But, uh, you know, this is alive and well here uh, in, in, the, in, in the UK. So uh, James mentioned the, the MENAP audit. So if I had a heart attack here right now, I'd have almost 100% chance of getting angioplasty if I needed it. And I live in Hampshire, it's an hour away, it's hardly the back of beyond. And depending on where in Hampshire I have my heart attack and where the ambulance uh, takes me, I've got between a zero and around a 50% chance. And uh, I mean, I accept there's been lots of progress and that's been clinically uh, driven, but I mean, where is the cacophony coming from the clinicians about the intolerability of this state, whereby this level of variation uh, exists and, and persists and the level of harm that we were just talking about? So, um, doctors have a duty uh, to heal, and uh, you know, they're either unaware of the data um, or uh, they're thinking that someone else, by and large, should act on the data. You know, if only the trust would, if only the PCT would, are things that we hear too often. And what we should do is look to our own practice and see about how we can mobilize things uh, towards patient service. So, clinicians need to lead, the second part. Um, Richard gave a very nice uh, description, which I, I won't uh, uh, try to, uh, to elaborate on, about the complexity of healthcare and how uh, it's changing so that uh, the, the outcomes are a function of the organization. And the more technical the organization, you can look in the public sector, in the private sector, look at military, look at uh, you know, industry, oil and gas companies, look at pharma, the more complex the industry, the more important it is to have technical experts at the leadership table. 
they're not a substitute for administrative skills, but it, you need both. You need the technical skills and the administrative skills. And um, you know, clearly, doctors are the people par excellence who have those skills. So no longer can doctors uh, say that they look after patients and leave others to look after organizations. It's the doctor's duty to look after the organization in service of the patients. Now, evidence in this field is hard to come by, but we do have some. Uh, there was uh, some work a couple of years ago by the LSE and McKinsey, based in the UK, uh, looking at hospitals within the NHS um, that showed that the most clinically-led organisations had up to 50% higher performance on a whole range of, of measures. So we have evidence. It's not randomised controlled trials. We can spend endless uh, time debating and picking apart the evidence, but the evidence is there and it stands. So um, only a handful of doctors uh, see themselves as leaders. I mean, you know, sitting on a panel with, with James and, and Mark and no doubt around the room, you know, that might seem a strange proposition. Um, and David Nicholson wants more medical CEOs. I actually think this is, in a sense, a, a bit of a diversion. What we really need is at the heart of a clinician's identity and their professionalism to be a leader, to look at their own practice, to look at their own uh, little part of the system, and to lead themselves towards higher quality and higher efficiency. And Alan alluded very nicely to, uh, you know, if, if uh, up until now clinicians have been able to absolve themselves uh, of uh, thoughts of funding and to think that higher quality always means higher cost. Well, you know, maybe the, the coming years will put that into some sharp focus. Now, I don't want to attach blame to clinicians here. I mean, you could construct an argument that says it would be highly irrational to be a clinical leader. Um, you face all sorts of disincentives, formal ones in pay and career structure, uh, more cultural ones. Uh, I mean, I, when I was uh, uh, starting to look at this field in some detail, I, I could count on the, the, the uh, fingers of, you know, I'd need my whole hands and, and feet for the number of people who said to me um, that, uh, you know, they felt their peers thought they'd crossed to the dark side. I mean, what an absolutely astonishing thing to say that when your colleagues are trying to improve the organizations you work in, that they've somehow got into bed with the devil. So, you know, th there are issues of, around the capability. Uh, we don't train doctors in either the hard or the soft skills that they need. Um, and we need definitely to address these incentives. Now, great things happen when clinicians leave. Maybe we can uh, spend some time in the questions going into some of the examples in detail. We see them uh, in the UK, but I think some of the very powerful ones are abroad. I'll give you two very, very quickly. The um, uh, VA in America, a pretty good analogue for the NHS, was 10 years ago under threat of, of closure. It was losing members, it was losing doctors, its quality uh, was shocking. The VA reorganised and uh, centred itself around clinical leadership and is now a beacon uh, for quality and efficiency within American healthcare, so much so that you know there's dozens of articles in the New England Journal or JAMA citing that, and the VA model is uh, at the heart of the way that America might finally reorganise healthcare. In Colorado, uh, Kaiser Permanente similarly uh, was in a bad way until it became a clinically led organisation, from one that was losing money and patients, you know, hemorrhaging. Uh, uh, by the day, um, it's now in the top five on every measure um, that JCO has of quality. 
And of course, there are examples here. Mark's Hospital, you know, our own NHS medical director, Bruce Keogh, a notable uh, clinical leader who uh, you know, built his reputation in Birmingham and then at the Heart Hospital at UCLH. So, let me close. Um, I, I think this is all about efficiency and effectiveness, so let's have a quote from a German. Uh, Goethe, knowing is not enough, we must apply. Willing is not enough, we must do. And I think that's the heart of this for me, that to be a great clinician doesn't just involve having the right answer or having a great uh, technical skill yourself, but it's also making sure that your skills and the right answer get reliably translated to patient benefit through the organisations that you work in. So if you think that uh, the NHS can get a lot better, and if you think that clinicians, uh, doctors particularly, are at the heart of that, uh, then I think you have to support the motion. Thank you very much, James. I wonder if you had to choose between lack of training and lack of financial incentive in the UK, which would you plump for as the main cause of the problem? All right. Uh, well, uh, or maybe one other. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's a bit like saying, do I need you know, sugar or flour to make a cake? Um, I, think, um, I think we do need to go um, right back and think about um, the skills that people acquire and the attitudes that people acquire all the way back into medical school. And I think um, you know, if you built in concepts of how an organization functions well, um, then uh, that could overcome a lot of the financial disincentives, real though those are.